It's another great show today. We'll check in with John Hoyer. He's on the latest National Walleye Tour stop in Huron, Ohio. That'll be on Lake Erie Thursday and Friday. Plus, Carl Adams from Timberline Sports and Convenience in Black Duck with all the details on what's happening up there. Details are next. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, sponsored by Visit Bemidji. The latest stop of the National Walleye Tour is this Thursday and Friday on Lake Erie, and the tournament is headquartered out of Huron, Ohio. John Hoyer is there. John, welcome back to the show. It's been a while. Great to have you back in. Yeah, thanks for having me, Kevin. So how has the uh, NWT season gone for you so far? Uh, It's actually gone the worst ever. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, right. I mean, it's kind of a weird thing, but it, it snuck up on me at Green Bay. Uh, I started off just on the money at Chamberlain, and, you know, this year we have uh, the top 40 fish the championship, so it's a no-entry fee championship, and it happens to be on one of our prize Minnesota lakes, Otter Tail, which uh, I've actually never fished, but um, you got to be in the top 40 for Angler of the Year. So I was sitting good after the first tournament, and then Green Bay, I did not catch a walleye. Oof. And it ended up being only a one-day tournament because of a blow day and a thing about the holiday and a permit and everything. But you get zero points towards AOI if you don't catch a walleye. So I definitely have a, a steep mountain to climb to get back into that top 40 now. That's got to be a little bit frustrating because, you know, you know, everybody knows you can catch walleyes, but I guess that's the name of the game some weeks. Yeah, and I don't know, I mean... Green Bay is one that anytime I see that on the schedule, I am literally just, I cannot wait to get out there. And uh, it was a tough bite, and it was it was pretty dang windy on day one, so it, it kind of dictated my travel ideas. And, um, yeah, when I ended up on uh, plan B, I still had all the confidence in the world, but, um, wow, it was weird how it just, it just didn't happen after, you know, three different spots or whatever. Hmm. So now you find yourself on Lake Erie out of Huron, Ohio. Um, for those who aren't familiar, and that includes me, where exactly is Huron, Ohio? Um, so, like, the Bass Islands and the Western Basin are, like, the classic early spring area. Then Huron is about halfway from, call it, Port Clinton uh, to Cleveland. So it's kind of um, west-central of the main main basin. Yeah, and that's the thing about the the walleyes on on Lake Erie. They are amazing size, and there's massive amounts of them. But they move quite a ways during the course of the year, so the the anglers kind of need to move with them. Yeah, and, um, you know, there comes a point of diminishing returns, you know, especially this time of year where, um, you know, yeah, you could make a 60-, 70-mile run, and the further you 28 to 30 inches, um, but... Lake Erie is a big lake, and 
you know, those are just big open areas. Uh, so it's not like you're driving to a spot. You're driving to an area, and the area could change in a matter of hours. You know, they could be five miles further. So, um, yeah, that part's kind of stressful, if, you know, if a guy is planning on making a long run because it's not a it's not a for sure thing when you get there and you're shortened on fishing time, obviously. So how many times have you fished Lake Erie in the past? Um, I'm probably up to, like, 70 or 80 days in my life now you know most of them tournaments and then i i come here in the spring hours for probably about nine days okay um yeah i don't know maybe i'm closing in on 100 days total so you're not you don't have the same advantage as somebody who lives on the lake but obviously it's it's not a you know it's not brand new to you either yeah really the advantage out here is um it's more for the guy that can really kind of understand their electronics and fish, like, in a tournament uh, time frame. So uh, a lot of the times, you know, there there's a record number of walleyes in Lake Erie right now. Um, they're estimating over 150 million walleyes. Mm. And r- right now they're all big enough and hungry enough that they'll bite any size crankbait you use or spinner. So the long and the short of it is you could put your lines in and troll for seven hours and pick them up and and drive in and you go through tons of different sizes but um you know recognizing what those bigger pods of fish look like and being able to make the decision to you just caught one but you want to reel up all your lines and set up for another pass um trolling is is really kind of where those you know the local guys have learned that but also it can be anybody who just has that right kind of aggressive uh mindset give people the rundown of how it works from a professional angler standpoint when you're getting ready for a tournament. You told me you got here last Thursday. So what's the uh, timeline of getting ready for an event like this? Yeah, so, I mean, there's smaller tournaments that you would maybe dedicate, you know, three days of your life to practice or pre-fish for. But, um, you know, first place in a National Wally Tour tournament is around $90,000. So um, the standard pre-fish for most people is five to seven days before the tournament. And I always like to have a good seven days, a full week of practice, um, you know, it just it seems like every day on the water you're just getting a better feel, and after a week straight of fishing, um, you know, you have a good sense of what's going on, like the big picture, and then also as far as, like, baits and colors and stuff. So uh, for me, it's a standard seven days. There's some guys that a standard is five days, but there isn't really anybody who pre-fishes less than five days for one of these tournaments. And the tournament runs, what, thir- starting on Thursday? Yep, Thursday and Friday. Okay. Uh, it is the National Walleye Tour. How many years have you been on the tour now, John? Uh, I think this is my sixth year officially on the pro side. When you're not uh, fishing tournaments, where have you been fishing? Uh, well, I really haven't been doing anything other than fishing tournaments. <laughs> but um, last weekend, you know, I told you how my NWT season started. Those are the only two tournaments I fished. Other than I did get into a couple bass tournaments earlier in the year. I uh, had some fun doing that, but... Um, we had I had three tournaments in four days on Malax last weekend. Oh wow! Uh, or the weekend before, and it was an aim. They called it the Quest for the Best, and that was a seventy boat field uh, with a thousand dollar entry fee. And then it was the Hunters Point Shootout, which was about uh, I think it was like ninety boats, um, and that was you know like a three or four hundred dollar entry fee. And then there was another aim one day tournament on Sunday, which was a full field of a hundred boats. I did get a little confidence booster that I still remember how to catch Wallace, he and I, 
Uh, I know you've had his brother. He's my travel partner, Dusty Mankey. Oh, okay. Uh, on your show before. Yep. Yeah, so Kyle and I are really good friends, too. He's more of a bass fisherman, but... Uh, so we teamed up in these tournaments, and we took a second and two fourth-place finishes. Um, Not bad. Yeah, right. So I was happy with that, and it was kind of it was actually really fun. We caught them the exact way I wanted to fish them, and if any of your listeners want to see exactly what we're doing in the tournament, uh, they could go on YouTube and just look at the Malax uh, Next Bite uh, YouTube page. So it was Malax with Gary Parsons and myself. And we were throwing Berkeley Champ Swimmers and Berkeley Snap Jigs into the weeds. So um, when it came time for the tournament, that was our second spot we went in. And then the rest of the tournament, that's all we did was heavy jigs and basically snapping it through the cabbage. And I can't even not, like, I can't not smile when I talk about this, but the bites are so, so big when you get bit doing this that it's, like, it's addicting and it's so fun to fish that way. Um that what you know what a treat to be able to compete and then actually do well in tournaments yeah absolutely wow doing it yeah. that was a that's a lot of that's a lot of relax fishing in a short amount of time it was and i practiced for that for uh like five days so um man i thought my arms were sore there and they were there's there's so many fish in relax right now they're fighting like crappies basically but uh, and then I come out here, and if you mix in the sheephead and the white bass and all the different sizes of walleyes, I mean, we're literally reeling in like two or three hundred fish a day. I've talked to a few people on Mille Lacs, and in general, it's been a great year, really, for all species on Mille Lacs. Everything seems to be biting. Yeah, for sure. And I've even seen a couple of those muskies getting caught, too. Wow. Uh, any other lakes in the area that you've been fishing? You know, I, I really haven't. Um, it's been almost pure travel and pre, uh, pre-fish for tournaments. So, um, yeah, I literally bought my Minnesota license uh, before I went out on Mille Lacs that day. It's the first <laughs> day of practice. Wow. Um, I, know, I know, you know, obviously the pe- reason you fish tournaments is it's a competitive thing. It's a lot of fun. Uh, but, boy, it's, it, it's a grind, too. Yeah, it really is. And... I mean, my normal train of thought is just kind of go, go, go. Um, you know, my friends around me that I practice with, that I fish with, and then my family, they're so loving and supportive that um, it never really enters my mind where, you know, some people experience stress and get a little anxious before one of these big tournaments. And I'm always just kind of happy-go-lucky. You know, I know my game plan, and whatever I catch, I catch, but... You know, that one hurt after Green Bay, and, and kind of for the first time, uh, you know, fishing the professional side, it really had me down in the dumps, but um, it was nice. My family uh, got to come to the weigh-in. They didn't get to see anything, but then the next few days we spent in Door County and, um, you know, did a little golfing, a little hiking, and beat up on some smallmouth, and um, just kind of a constant reminder that I am really lucky to get to do what I do, and... Part of that is the ups and the downs of it. Uh, it's definitely not easy, and I don't like to use the word grind because, you know, fishing on the Great Lakes or just fishing in general, fishing for a tournament, yeah, it's tiring. And But it's just fishing for me, you know. It's just normal, everyday thing. You catch them some days, you, catch, you might not catch them the other, you know. So, um, But, yeah, you could definitely summarize it by saying it, it is a grind. 
We are talking about the National Walleye Tour with John Hoyer. He is in Huron, Ohio, getting ready for the latest stop this Thursday and Friday on Lake Erie. A lot more with John to come, but up next, we head north and check in with Carl Adams from Timberline Sports and Convenience in Black Duck. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Hi, this is Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service. Are you looking to plan a fishing trip? Look no further as Bemidji, Minnesota is your year-round destination for walleyes, pike, muskie, bass, perch, crappie, panfish, and more. With over 400 fishing lakes within a 25-mile radius of Bemidji, come take a cast of becoming a fishing legend. While you're on your fishing adventure, come take a picture with the historic Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox. Discover the first city on the Mississippi... Bemidji, one step further. Welcome back to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. Carl Adams from Timberline Sports and Convenience joining us. He has just gotten off the water on a cold first or second day of summer. Hey, Carl, thanks for joining us today. Hey, uh, thanks, Kev. So, yeah, you know, we had the 90-degree days a few weeks ago, and all of a sudden now it was uh, cold this morning. I don't know how we can expect the fish to be able to respond to this, but how was it out there? It was a little slower than I was uh, used to. It might have just been because I wasn't uh, dressed quite as warm. Uh, as what I should be for uh, 45 degrees or whatever it was when we uh, when I when I got up this morning, um, but but we were still able to scrape up some fish. There's still been blackhawks had a really good bite lately, um, and you can almost always uh, pull out a few fish. Is that where your fishing today was on black duck? And that's where I was today. Yep. Um, actually, you know, when we talked a few weeks ago, uh, early in the season, you know, you were telling me it was a tremendous start of the year for black duck. So it sounds like black ducks had a really good year thus far. It has. It has been. Uh, it has been better than normal um, from from opener on. Um, this is about the time it typically slows down, and I and it could be happening any time. That's what always scares you when you get in a little cold front that it might start to move the fish, or they might start to slow down some. But it, it, I think I think we just have a really good population out there, and I think it's going to stay good all summer. So where have we been finding the fish thus far? On most of the lakes I've been fishing, and black to concluded, I've still spent a lot of times just fishing in the weeds. You get a mixed bag, then you're catching fish uh, pretty frequently, but there's, uh, uh, you know, there's plenty of walleyes in there because the lake has a lot of them in there. But you're going to catch some rock bass, some bluegills, some giant bluegills. Uh, you're going to catch some pike. Uh, you're going to catch some nice perch. Uh, just a mixture of fish uh, right in the cabbage weed. You know, uh, we know we know that uh, you've got some really nice size uh, bluegills on black duck. Uh, you went to that five fish limit uh, uh, several years ago, long before you know the the the, the uh, rules kicked in this year, and that seemed to have really paid off. You may not have a huge number of them swimming around, but when you get them, you get good ones. You do. They're really really big ones. There's, it's a place to go looking for trophies, and in all truth, it has better numbers than it has in, in any number of time too. I can't remember a. A time when there was the number of bluegills that are in the lake right now, um, just maybe a cyclical that they've they're hitting that point. But there's good numbers and really really nice fish, and they're just a bonus fish that you can add to. Or if you're ever looking for a trophy bluegill, it's definitely in the lake to go to. So what have you been pulling through the weeds? Uh, we've been fishing just uh, a, a lot of times uh, jigging a leech or jigging a crawler. A lot of guys pulling rigs too. You can do either one. Um, just kind of pitching in the into some of those pockets of weeds. Uh, and there's been a lot of fish in there, so we've been able to catch fish doing that. We are going to see uh, it's that time of year now where people are starting to move out onto the bars too, 
Uh, we did go out on the, them and got a few fish off of those too. There's there's fish kind of all over on the uh, on the lake right now, which makes it kind of nice. Yeah, I mean that uh, that means you don't all have to be piled up in the same spots. That's exactly right. It's kind of nice to be able to spread out and and, and stop. Most most places we stopped, we were able to catch some fish. It wasn't quite as fast as what we were uh, seeing a, a week or two ago, but uh, it was still a good bite. Uh, are you surprised at how good it's been this year? Uh, you know, I, if you'd have told me that Blackick was going to be this good the whole year, I, w- I would have been a little surprised, just like I'd have been a little surprised uh, if you told me Red wasn't going to be uh, <laughs> a- a- as good as it has been this year. And, uh, you know, Red hasn't been quite as good just because we haven't had uh, that nice, stable days, a bunch of them in a row, which is what, what uh, makes the fish really bite on Red. We get them a couple of times, and we'll have a couple of really good days. Um, but then it's been a little slower. But Blackick, I think it does well when you get uh, – Wind pump out pounding in one direction for a few days, then it switches to another direction, and you get some. Uh, it just it, it's it's done really well all summer long. There's been uh, some fish on some part of the lake biting. Um, what what kind of sizes are we seeing out there? Uh, we have a few different ear classes, so there has been a lot of nice fish caught, but there is a lot of sixteen to eighteen inches, so really nice eaters, and another ear class that's still an eater, like a fourteen to fifteen inches. So there's uh, there's some nice nice eating walleyes out on the lake. Okay, any other lakes in your area have been performing well this year? It actually, it's been a pretty good year on a lot of them. So so Island up by North Home and Round uh, over by Squaw Lake have been really good. Uh, uh, both both lakes have been producing all year long too um we've had some fish getting caught uh, on gull just south here and that's always a a good summertime lake where it seems like it uh, actually picks up a little bit as as uh, some of the other lakes start to slow uh, when we get into that midsummer. so it's been a good summer in the area um and i think it's going to continue you know um we hear a lot about walleye up your way not as much bass as i'm you know here down here from the anglers down here in the bemidji area do you have a lot of bass anglers up there we do not have a lot of bass anglers, but I think we have more bass than most other places. <laughs> I think you do that's too. That's not always the case on that's not always the case on Blackick, but uh, we did catch one big largemouth out there today. So there there are uh, I think a lot of our lakes are are, are getting more largemouth, a few more bass fishermen, but they're underfished on a lot of our smaller lakes in the area. And for the middle of summer, uh, you know, the people are looking to have a good time. Bass can bass can be some really fun fishing. Bass has seemed to increase in in uh, popularity, you know, uh, in a lot of places. Uh, what's what's keeping them from getting that popular up there? Do you know? Uh, probably because we have such a good walleye. Bite. <laughs> That's probably it. Yes. <laughs> when the, when the walleyes quit biting in places, people look for something else to fish, and they would probably be uh, out chasing some of the uh, the bass. And I think we probably will would see that a little more. But we're blessed to have uh, such a of diversity of walleye lakes uh, and some of the other panfish lakes that a lot of the guys I think have just targeted those and and instead of if a lake gets slow they just go to another lake that is in the area that the fishing's been good at uh, and then sometimes that includes the our summertime trips a lot of times they'll be on Lake of the Woods or or you know making some of the trip up to the uh, to the Voyagers National Park or some of that stuff up there. So a lot of the locals around here might be traveling a little little bit when the fishing slows down around here, but they're still able to. They don't have to go very far to go find some really good walleye fishing. No, they don't. That's that's a fact, and and the, that is the thing when you when you have as many good panfish lakes as you do as well. You know, um, bluegills good eating too. So um, that that is a, a great option, and you probably have more good panfish lakes within. You know, an hour of black duck than than a lot of areas do. 
We do. I think we're kind of in the prime area for really nice bluegills and crappies. Uh, and both of them have been biting already, too, on almost all the local lakes. If you can find some cabbage weed, uh, you can find some... Uh, you can find some bluegills and crappies in them now too. Uh, the, you know, the bluegills are probably still moving up to spawn in some of the places, but the crappies they've got done and they've just staged in that, uh, first weed growth right outside the, the bulrushes and they've been biting pretty good on a lot of lakes too. You mentioned Lake of the Woods. What are you hearing from up there? It's been a super year up there too. It, they've had a really, really good bite all year. Um, and, and we haven't, uh, I don't, you know, we start to see more traffic, I think, up there after the 4th of July when uh, you kind of get into the middle of summer. And uh, we have had some windy days, which that's, uh, you know, it's hard to go up there and, and fish on the, on the windy days. But on the nice days, people that have been getting up there, I've been catching a lot of fish. It's been an excellent summer up there. So on the island lakes, the round lakes, Black Duck Lake type of, and gull, those types of lakes, are you seeing more anglers than you have in the past? I think so. I think there's been, uh, you know, I think all last year we we noticed a few extra anglers. I also think that the, the border being closed, you have a few extra people uh, uh, staying in this area because they can't make that trip up into Canada. So we are seeing a few more anglers. Uh, people are enjoying the outdoors, and that's a, that's a wonderful thing. I think I think uh, we're seeing a few more people get out fishing, and 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 fishing stayed good. And I think we'll have a have a really nice summer because of that. From a business standpoint, have you noticed uh, an increase as far as people stopping in the store, getting bait, tackle, those types of we things? We have, for sure. For sure, the the we, the one part we miss is some of that traffic to Canada, sure. and I think it's just been made up for, or maybe even more than made up for, by the fact that people have been able to fish locally. Um, but we are a, a destination, you know, a, we, we kind of uh, are right on the road wait, waiting for those guys to go uh, to Canada. We're right on the road to that. And we miss some of those people. There are certain people that I used to see, uh, maybe had a cabin up north or or had a seasonal up uh, in Canada and that we don't get to see every week uh, that they used to go up there every weekend or, or on frequent weekends. So that part we miss out on, but the, 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 the local area, there's a lot more people being able to fish right around here and getting out on some of our local lakes. I'm going to be interested to see long-term what happens when Canada reopens because I, I have heard anecdotally from some guides who are, you know, up on Rainy Lake or, you know, up in our area the people who did, you know, stop in our area because they couldn't get to Canada and were saying things like, you know, it's not nearly as long and I can keep more fish. And you, you just wonder if uh, if maybe those people are just going to stick around going forward. I think once once people get here uh, and as long as our pressure doesn't get too high, I think you'll always have people that, that come and fish this area. Um, because if they have good fishing, and we do, um, I think people are going to... Uh, wanted to continue to come and fish this area uh it, the scenery in canada is pretty neat uh, yes it's uh that's probably part of it and the fact you don't see other boats <laughs> those are probably the the main things that i hear about people that are are fishing this area I said oh i kind of like canada because i never see anybody else um you're not going to have that happen uh in minnesota we hope not or it won't be very busy around here right. but uh <laughs> we we still have really good fishing and and uh and uh, the scenery is still really nice it's just uh we have a few more people around. Yeah, we do. That, that's true. Well, you know, you, you talked about Red Lake, and, and your assessment of Red Lake is no different than anything I've heard from anybody else this year. It just hasn't been uh, real stable, uh, and uh, and I'm just wondering, has that affected the, the number of people trying to go up there? It has. I think there's been a lot less people up on uh, on uh, Red this year than there, than there usually is. Um, and part of it's this, if we had some nice, calm days, so... 
if the wind's blowing, most lakes, the walleye fishing gets better, and Reddit gets a little slower. And so if we would get a bunch of calm days in a row, I think the hottest lake around would be Red Lake. It, uh, that's kind of always been the case. Um, and then we'd also see a lot of traffic there. But when the wind's blowing, um, people tend to stay away from it because it's kind of hard to hide from the wind on Red. And it also gets the fishing really good on some of our other local lakes. So whether it's a, a Bemidji or a Blastic or an island or any of those, people like to fish those lakes uh, uh, when there's at least a little bit of wind. And on the dead, flat, calm days, uh, a lot of times that's when guys are going to run to Lake of the Woods and Red, the lakes that are hard to fish when it's real windy. And, you know, you're right. The, the minute uh, the bite starts picking up on Red, it's going to be all over social media. It's pretty hard to keep a secret now. It is. I, it's, a, it's, a, it's different than it used to be. I said people find out really, really fast when fish are biting. Uh, you know, whether it's uh, if one slow day might, somebody might say, well, I'm not going to go up to that lake because I heard it was slow yesterday. And uh, it used to be you didn't hear about things till too late. Now, now people find out as soon as a bite gets hot, people find out. Well, we're going to warm up a little bit tomorrow. We're going to be uh, up in the uh, 80s end for the second half of the week and, and right around 80 for the weekend. So keeping that in mind, if people are heading out fishing, uh, where should they be going and what should they bring in with them? Well, I, I think this, this time of year on most of our lakes, if you want to fish some weeds, uh, there's been a lot of fish staged in those weeds. Um, you know, black duck, but on, on most of our lakes, if you find some good cabbage weeds, and I, I think the minnow bite on a lot of our lakes has has slowed quite a bit. So uh, unless you're fishing perch or something on some of the other lakes, I think you can uh, uh, fish with bring some leeches and crawlers. And however you want to fish them, we're going to see guys trolling spinners. You guys, uh, I mean, if you like to jig fish, you can do that. If you like the lindy rig, you can do that. Um, you can do all of that stuff and and uh, catch lots of fish. Okay. Um, any? It, does it really matter what time of day we're fishing these days? And once once everything's greened up a little bit, it's still most of our lakes are still pretty clear. But if you have any kind of chop, I think you can fish any time of day and catch some fish. How's your bait situation over there? We've still been able to keep a, plenty of bait in stock. Uh, I said the shiners are a little tougher now. The spot the spot tails are pretty are are gone, and so now you're have to get some golden shiners. So that part's been a little bit tougher, but otherwise it's been a, a good summer for getting bait so far. All right. If we're coming up north, we want to get some bait and tackle. Uh, what are your hours? We are open from 5.30 a.m. till 10 p.m. Well, it's Carl Adams from uh, Timberline Sport and Convenience, and I guess you're still doing a little guiding, Carl? I still get out and do a little bit. If we want to see if you're available, how do we do that? Uh, you could call the store and get a hold of me there. Carl, it's always great talking to you. Thanks for the insight, and next time you're out in the water, good luck. Sounds perfect. Thanks, Kev. You're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. John Hoyer is my guest. He is in Huron, Ohio, getting ready for the latest National Walleye Tour event. It starts Thursday on Lake Erie. For a guide, their job is to just get on the fish and get action for their clients, and that can be hard enough. But for you, it's beyond just find the fish. It's find the right fish. And that is where the chess game comes into play. Yeah, for sure. And I've done some pretty good spins uh, of guiding before. And, you know, the hardest ones are kind of the ones, like, where you have a group for, say, three to five days straight, where normally a guide just has people for one day at a time and new people the next day. So um, the fun of that is you're spot on. If you're on the fish... You know, your next group isn't going to know that you go right back to the same spot and do the exact same thing. 
and they're going to be happy with their limit of eaters and a few big ones mixed in, you know, and um, it, it's, it's all the challenge that I experienced in tournament fishing, but you're spot on when you say that, you know, I have to find the perfect fish, the ones that happen to be bigger than the ones that my competitors are going to catch. And, um, you know, a lot of times that's leaving the most known thing or even a decent size average or a good catch rate to just try something completely off the wall and you might not catch anything good for two days um but it's what you have to do you have to just kind of keep searching for something better well and you know and the thing about uh um lake erie is it's got to be really big fish you find because the the average size of those walleyes are absolutely amazing yeah it is and um, you know, pre-fishing for this tournament, it, that's the million-dollar question, though, is, like, a 40-pound bag is out there, but right now, our whole team and a few of the other teams I've talked to, it's kind of looking like last year in the fall where the big fish weren't back yet, so either, you know, the, a lot of the big fish are gone, and there's six and seven and eight-pound bites to be had, but um, to get five of them in a tournament, I would be really impressed if somebody did that uh, currently, so... Uh, I say that, and if you were coming out here fun fishing right now, you would catch your limit of six walleyes of any size, and you could basically have a, like a three-and-a-half to four-pound average in your live well every single day, and it almost doesn't matter where you're fishing, what depth, anything. Like The, the number of fish in this lake right now is unbelievable. So when you're out pre-fishing, about how much time are you going to spend on any one spot before you determine yes, yay, or nay on it? Um, well, out here, again, like I said, you know, they're, they're not really spots. They're kind of areas. So mm-hmm. uh, one thing that's going on right now, and it happens in the Great Lakes in the summer, is there will be a thermocline that sets up. So, you know, right now, if you get out into, like, 45 feet of water, um, the top 35 feet of that is all 68, 69 degrees. And then there's like a layer on the bottom of about 10 feet worth of, call it 58-degree water. So it actually kind of helps you because it takes that 10 feet out of the equation. Like fish generally, walleyes won't hang out under the thermocline. There's no reason to. Um, but they like to congregate right on that edge. So it'll kind of sandwich fish down. So if you find an area like that, um, you know, yeah, I'm marking the fish I want to catch. I'm going to do a pass, say, with spinners. I'll try different colors. I'll try different depths in the water column. Then maybe I'll turn around and I'll pull crankbaits through them if I caught, um, you know, five, six pounders. So a lot of it's just kind of, um, you know, finding the right fish and then seeing if you can catch, pick bigger ones out of that school um, or if there's a certain color or speed that's working better. Um, but it's really kind of a broad thing. Um, you know, first you got to find a school that's noteworthy. So this in this tour, you you fish with a co angler, correct? Yep. Do you know who that co angler is yet? No, that that happens at the rules meeting the night before the tournament. So it's a random draw, and then you guys meet up and you you know you talk about what time you're meeting, and sometimes you go over a little bit of strategy. But generally, I'll save the strategy part uh, until the next day. Okay. Uh, and a lot of that is because a lot of these co anglers travel with some of my competitors. Uh, you know, throughout the week or whatever, and then they, um, you know, then they they jump in with another pro. So there's still a little bit of secrecy until you get in the boat. Then it's like, all right, this is what we're doing. This is what I need out of you. I'm hoping to catch this. We got this long of a run, 
and uh, you go over the whole game plan. So, how much uh, fishing do they do, and how much fishing do you do? I mean, do you um, are you both in the tournament? Yeah, are you both tossing lures in, or was one of you running the boat, or how does it work? Yeah, I mean, the pro always runs the boat and everything. Um, you know, we're talking Erie right now, and that's about ninety nine percent trolling. Um, I would love to figure out a casting bite here, but uh, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, so yeah, I mean, in a normal tournament, I'm always trying to figure something out casting, and then of course, so. You know, a lot of the success that I've had in fishing has been from getting, like, I think just being a good teacher and being able to get my co-angler dialed in and then almost just, like, give him some tough love as he's doing it. You know, observe what he's doing and be like, okay, I need you to do this. Just let your jig fall a little further. You know, you need to stay on the bottom a second longer. Um, But when it comes down to trolling, um, you know, we got two boards on either side. And if his board goes back, uh, you know, a lot of times, there's just so much happening out here that it's kind of every man for themselves, and then it's kind of an orchestrated thing to get the planer board off. You know, who's netting which one this time? And it can turn into, like, I mean, you can easily catch 100 fish in a tournament day out here, but um, Green Bay, if you're trolling, you're trolling for, like, six or eight bites, then it's kind of like, okay, here's the deal. Like, I want to hook the fish up, then I'm going to hand you the rod, you're going to reel it in, I'm going to net it. Um, so you kind of have a set game plan ahead of time, but out here it can literally turn into quadruples, triples, and it's just, you know, try to stay calm and get it done. All right, John, for, for us mere mortals here in, uh, in amateur fishing land, uh, you know, our, our lakes, if we're going to go out fishing right now, looking for walleyes, what should we be doing? Well, honestly, uh, uh, since you're only allowed to pet them on Lake Mille Lacs, <laughs> Mille Lacs is a great place to get better at fishing. I have learned so much about uh, from fishing Lake Malax, there's so many fish in it. So, uh, if you have a new, uh, Lowrance active target transducer or you have Garmin live scope, uh, if you went out on the mud flats right now, a really fun way to fish would be to drive along one of those edges, find those fish, learn what they look like on your, uh, active target, and then just throw a bobber out to them. And even if you're like five feet above them, it is really fun watching that bobber and leech go down. And then the fish seeing it like 10 feet away and start moving up, and you can literally tell your friend when their bobber's going to go down, like with your eyes closed. You can, uh, so that's one cool new thing to do. Um, or, you know, you could go and try some of the weeds. I'm sure there's still quality fish in there. Um, but if, if I was to like say, I want to go catch dinner, I would go to Leech Lake right now. I would definitely go experiment in like Portage, Sucker Bay, you know, go into those cabbage areas and put the live bait away because. If you put a paddle tail on and you rip it through the cabbage and let it fall fast, I guarantee you you can have the same success you would on Mille Lacs right now. Um, just because it is warming up and a lot of walleyes need to be triggered when they get into that kind of summertime mood, whether it's trolling a crankbait fast or, um, you know, moving a paddle tail fast or throwing a shiver minnow or a jig wrap. Like, this is the time of year where your catch rates can be way better um, fishing aggressively. So as we speak, you're going out to the golf course. How often do you get to golf? Uh, I probably golf about two or three times a month. It, uh, and then in this scenario, I'm going to be golfing against some of my quote-unquote frenemies. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's blowing about 40 today. Definitely not fishable. I fished about six hours this morning. And uh, it's always fun going out and just kind of relaxing and well, competing a little bit on the golf course with, with fishing friends. So. Yeah, it's really kind of my favorite way to unwind uh, the last few years, especially. Um, 
when I'm not fishing. You know, it's it's interesting because um, those of us who uh, you know are working regular jobs and then fishing is something we get to do on the weekends or in the evenings or golfing. You know, most people have to pick one or the other. They can't really do both. But a, a lot of pro golfers love to go fishing, and apparently a lot of pro fishermen love to go golfing. Well, if you got any phone numbers to professional golfers that like fishing, I would love to trade them uh, some swing, some coaching for some free fishing, because uh, I could use some help in the golf game for sure. Okay, I'll. Uh, I, I think Bubba. I think Bubba Watkins loves to do both, or Watson. Really? Bubba Watson, yeah. I'm going to send him a message on Instagram. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John. So if we want to follow the uh, the tournament, find out how you're doing. How do we do that? Yeah, um, the Facebook page, uh, National Walleye Tours, uh, live streams the weigh-ins. So they're Eastern time, but they start at 3 p.m. Eastern time each day, this Thursday and Friday. Um, otherwise, my Instagram is John Hoyer Fish, and then Facebook is Hoyer Fishing. So um, I answer tons and tons of messages on both of those. And, you know, anyone who's listening, if they want any other info or whatever, it's kind of part of my job is to – stay active in that i i like to uh give people pointers and then they'll send me pictures back and it's like right on that's cool <laughs> all right john we love having you on the show thanks for all the insight today and all the uh, uh inside baseball talk when it comes to tournaments we really appreciate it good luck this weekend and uh, we'll talk to you soon thanks Kevin. take care Coming up tomorrow, we get out of Fish and Paul Bunyan Country mode for a day and go back into Paul Bunyan Country outdoors mode. There's a very important project happening in our area due to chronic wasting disease here in Beltrami County. John Williams is the Northwest Regional Wildlife Manager. He'll tell us all about the project, tell us what we know about CWD in Beltrami County, and discuss other issues going on, including what a drought can mean for wildlife. Then it's back to fishing the next day when we check in with Tracy Pogue. He's heading up the second annual United Way Fishing Tournament. We'll get the details on how to get registered and what's going to be happening on the third weekend in July. We'll have our Lake of the Week. And to wrap up the week Friday, Nate Blazing is in to talk about the Walleye Coalition, and we'll have more fishing talk as well. That's all coming up later this week. Don't forget to like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and subscribe to the podcast at Podcast One or on the Pod MN app, which also gives you access to hundreds of other Minnesota-based podcasts as well. As we mention every day, very good chance you're going to get extra content in the podcast. But if nothing else, it allows you to listen at your convenience. That's it for today. I'm Kev Jackson. Thank you for joining us. Fish and Paul Bunyan Country is sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Country.